visit us online before they come to service and we want to encourage you to visit us in person soon but thank you for watching us on live stream today amen i am pastor aj dunnett i'm the pastor of the crossroads and i'm proud of what god is doing even with those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness and uh, it's good to see you good to be with you today i want to kick off this series today uh, out of the book of colossians and I do want to just take just a moment, and I want to just kind of set this up, okay? We're going to be in Colossians for about a month, and as we go through the book of Colossians, uh, we need to understand Paul is writing to a fairly young congregation full of new Christians, okay? So kind of get that in your mind. That's who he's talking to. Now, Paul is not talking to non-believers. He's also not talking to people who have been saved for a long time. He's talking to people who have been saved, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, had repented of their sins for a relatively short amount of time. So Paul hasn't had a chance to visit them yet, but he is looking forward to their spiritual journey that they have ahead of them. So Paul begins to explain how awesome Jesus Christ is. The very first thing Paul does is start to tell them just how incredible Jesus Christ is. And he starts in this first chapter by telling them how Jesus is greater than anything else. That our worship should be aimed at the one who is responsible for everything that we have in this world. Not in the things themselves. Jesus Christ is greater. He alone deserves our worship. So... I want to take just a little bit of time, and if you have your Bibles or your uh, Bible app pulled out, or if you've got the our app with the Bible, with the e-bulletin pulled up, we're going to look at Colossians 1, and we're going to read verses 13 through 23 in the New American Standard Bible. And I want you just to kind of read along with me, and, and, and this is, again, think who they're talking to. Paul is talking to people who recently got saved. And he's telling them how awesome Jesus is. Okay? This is what he says. This is why he's so awesome. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, and in whom or in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Who who is he talking about? Jesus. That's in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. Are you with me? Okay, he's saying he is the firstborn, but it's also, he goes into verse 16 and says, For by him, Jesus, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Now this really will mess somebody up if they think there's three separate persons. Because he goes on to say, He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the head of the church. Right? He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that He Himself will come to have first place. Everybody say first place. That's why when you, when you hear me talk to somebody, I say, you've got to keep Jesus first in everything, in every decision you make. 
Every place you go, everything that you decide that you're going to do in your life, all of your ambitions, all of your aspirations, He's got to have first place so that He Himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him. That means God was pleased that every every uh, part that you could contain, the fullness of the Godhead, was found in Jesus Christ. Amen. So, so he wasn't Jehovah Junior. He wasn't, uh, you know, God Almighty Light. He was all of God manifest in the flesh. Now, because he was manifest in the flesh, that didn't take away from his awesomeness. That didn't take away from the totality of God that fills all time and space. You can't go anywhere. I'm sorry, Brother Miguel. You can't go anywhere and find a place where there's not God. David said, if I make my bed in hell, behold, He's there. If I ascend up into heaven, behold, He's there. It doesn't, I turn to the right hand, I turn to the left, He's there. Amen. So, all the fullness of the Godhead dwelled in Jesus Christ, but that didn't diminish the Almighty Spirit of God that fills the universe. Are you with me now? For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him. Now, when Paul... Uh, and, and, and some of the disciples related who Jesus Christ was to early Christians, they would sometimes do it in the personality and the relationship of a father and son. Because God uh, overshadows Mary. Mary has the man-child, Christ Jesus. Okay, So a lot of times they, they couldn't get the concept of where... Where, how did God become one of us? How did God uh, come among us? And so uh, Paul and Peter and some of the early Christians were trying, they were trying to explain it to people by saying the Father did this or the Son this. So the Scripture says through Him, He did this through Him to reconcile all things to Himself. There had to be human flesh. There had to be a body. And so the Scripture says, having made peace through the blood of His cross. Through Him, who's that? The blood of His cross. Who who are we talking about? Jesus. Through Him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. So, what is this He's he's saying? He's, He's trying to reconcile the world to Himself through His death on the cross. Verse 21. And although you were formerly... Before this time, you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind. That means you were against God. Engaged in evil deeds. Yet, He has now reconciled you in His fleshly body through death. Are you getting that? Am I going too fast? Just, I'm going a little too fast. Yes or no? We're okay. Brother Miguel saying yes. Uh... He wanted to buy us back. He wanted to have right relationship. The only way for that to happen was through the human sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so the Scripture says He has now reconciled you in His fleshly body through death in order to present you before Him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. It's not possible without the sacrifice. Not possible without the blood. Are you with me? 
if indeed you continue in the faith. Now that's why we say it's not just getting saved. Uh, You've got to continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard. So you don't start thinking there's another way to get to Jesus. You don't start thinking there's another way to make heaven your home. You, You realize the only hope, amen, all my hope is in Jesus. Amen. Thank God my yesterday's gone. Everything, every ounce of hope that I have is in Jesus Christ which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. So, there's a couple points that I want to pull out of this Scripture. I'm going to try to keep it as simple, because that's sometimes when you go through that, it's almost like a college course right there, isn't it? It's like a lot of stuff to take in. So let me give you a few points to just kind of chew on, and then I want to end up with something that I really, really enjoy, and if you don't enjoy it, I'll enjoy it. So... Being smart, Alec. But, anyways, we'll all enjoy it, I'm sure. Number one, everything, all of creation exists through Jesus. Everything. All of creation not only exists through Jesus, all of creation exists for Jesus, okay? So, when you. I did accidentally summon you, Siri. I'm sorry. Siri said, Did you accidentally summon me? That's Siri. All of creation exists through Jesus, and all of creation exists for Jesus. Everything around us will point to how incredible Jesus is. Now, if you're not looking for it, you just say, oh, that's just coincidence. That's just nature. That's just this. That's just that. But if you're looking for it, everything in your life can point you to Jesus. This is what you've got to understand. Paul was trying to get this church to understand, look, the more you look for Him, the more He's there. That coincides with what David said. I can't go anywhere and not find Him. He's there. He's everywhere. And so what Paul was saying is that same God that, that, that is Almighty, that's the Spirit of God that fills all time and space, Amen. the, the God that created all things, and the God that uh, formed Jesus Christ and, and is in the fullness of Jesus Christ, and, and Jesus was a sacrifice. Now He's ascended up into heaven. And, and all the wonderful things in life that we have, all the good things, all the bad things, can point us to how incredible Jesus is. So that's the first thing I want to say. Everything exists through Jesus, everything exists for Jesus, and everything points to how awesome, how incredible He is. The second thing I want to, I want to tell you is that if you read Romans 1.25, it kind of gives a, a good light on this passage of Scripture that we just read. It says, For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And they worshiped and served the creature more than, or than, rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Now what does that mean? What does it mean that they exchanged the truth of God for a lie? What does that mean? I know it's kind of teaching and preaching at the same time and some of your brains are hurt right now, but, but think with me. What does it mean that they changed the truth or they exchanged the truth of God for a lie? It means they had an opportunity to know the truth. And they said, nah, we'll take the lie. Now, that may not sound very interesting, so let me see if I can break it down. How many people in our society have an opportunity 
to know God, to have a chance to meet God, they, whether it's through you or it's through the Bible, it's through a church experience, it's through a conference, through a worship, something, whatever, and they have an opportunity and they feel the presence of God, and like I was saying earlier today, God starts squeezing their heart and juice comes out of their eyes, right? And they, they feel that, they know it's God, but instead of responding and saying, okay, God, I feel you, I'm ready to, to receive whatever it is you have for it. They would rather believe a lie. The lie is, I just make mistakes. I'm not really a sinner. The lie is, I don't really need God. I'm, I can do everything myself. I can figure this out on my own. And so what happens is, the Scripture says, they worship and they serve the creature rather than the Creator. It's much easier to go with what I can see, what I can feel, what I can taste. All these things, that doesn't require any faith at all. But it's all a lie. The lie is, you can fix it by yourself. The lie is, you can be happy without God in your life. That's the lie. The lie is that, that you know, yeah, maybe there's a God up there and around the universe somewhere. Yeah, maybe He loves me, but that's, you know, that's, He's just so distant. I can never really have a relationship with Him. So I'm just going to do the best I can be and be the best person I can be. That's the lie. So they exchange the truth of God for a lie. And this Scripture is telling us, don't exchange the truth for a lie. Don't take anything less than Jesus Christ, the fullness of the Godhead, dwell in Him bodily. Don't take anything less. Amen. He is the image of the invisible God. By Him all things were created, both in heaven and earth. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Don't believe anything but that. That's what He's saying. So there's another point that I want you to chew on. Let me, let me just ask. Let me see if I can get somebody interesting here. Let me get somebody interesting. Somebody that I probably couldn't guess. Hmm. Let me see. Joe, I'm going to pick on you. Joe, what's your favorite musical group? Uh, the Crossroads Youth. Oh my goodness. Okay, next. Maddox, what's your favorite musical group? Toby Mac. Yeah. Alright. So Toby Mac is, is your favorite. Now, why do you like Toby Mac? What's your favorite song? What? Just need I just need you. There's other better Toby Mac songs, but okay. Uh, Light Shine Bright, that's a good one too. Um, there's all kinds of good songs. But, okay, so why do you like Toby Mac? Because you like a lot of his music, right? You like a lot of his stuff that he's written, a lot of the stuff that he's produced. Am I right? Yes? No? Okay, yes, alright. So imagine this. Stand up, stand up here. So imagine this, Maddox. What would happen? If you got to meet Toby Mac, what if what if I told you Toby Mac was right outside and he was waiting to come in? You would freak out. Oh, okay. But what if he came in here and you just you're like, I don't know. He doesn't really do anything for me. He's, he's kind of old guy now. You know? I don't. I mean, what if you felt that way? Wouldn't that be weird? 
You like all of his music, but you just like, man, that guy is a person, he really turns me off. I just don't like him. Wouldn't that be awkward? It wouldn't be awkward, right? It'd be like, you know, some of you that like, you know, the Beatles, right? Anybody, any, any of you like the Beatles at some point? Right? So it'd be like liking all the Beatles and liking the Beatles songs, and then when you actually get to meet Paul McCartney, you're like, that dude's a dork, you know? I don't really like him. I'm just saying, we can we can kind of see the the, the you know the, just the, the lunacy of all of this loving the creations without loving the Creator. In this same way, this is how we worship creation. It's like we idolize people, right? We got all these stars, all these you know big names. I have seen people look. I'm not going. I'm not going to do it. But I have seen people flip out when they say, "You know who that is over there, right? You know who that is over there? No, who is that? Oh, that's you know." And then they'll name somebody, and then people will literally go crazy. They're like grabbing at their phones, and they're they're like, "Can I get a selfie? Can I get a picture?" And even if they don't like recognize them, they're like, I'm taking the picture and they're going to be in the background and it's going to be awesome. I'm like, that's weird, you know? I mean, I don't know. I like taking pictures with people and it's fun. I have some heroes. I have some... But to, like, literally worship people but not worship the Creator. Worship His creations. And so Paul is telling them, look, it's easy to get caught up in idolatry. It's easy to get caught up in people worship. It's easy to get caught up in things, but not really realize how awesome and incredible Jesus is. And he said, don't do it. Don't exchange the truth of God. Don't exchange the power of God for a lie, for something lesser. So why do we worship and idolize people that God created and things, but we fail to realize God is the creator of all things? Why not worship Him? What keeps us from wanting to worship Him? Well, a lot of times, it ends up being our pride. Because if we realize that, you know, some people, they, they fall all over themselves to get a picture with somebody, but they can have an awesome experience with God and they won't move out of their seat. That doesn't make any sense, does it? You know, it's like, you really want to have a powerful experience with God? Yes, I do. Okay, close your eyes, lift up your face, lift up your hands. And start talking to God. And they're like, oh no, that's weird. <laughs> like, but you tripped over yourself trying to get a picture with Toby Mac. <laughs> Do you understand that the, the, the problem is not that, you know, these people are cool and they've created some great stuff. The problem is that we've, we tend to fall into worshiping the creation more than the Creator. And, and even, you know, Jesus knew this was going to be a problem. Paul was explaining this problem. He was saying, don't fall for it. Don't fall, I call it hero worship. Some people, they, they get so hung up on their heroes. Can I tell you what heroes will do? They will let you down. You know, I had a hero. He was a, uh, I'm not going to call him by name, but some of you would know if I started giving a light description, you'd be like, oh yeah, I know who he's talking about. I had this hero. He was a big name, big, big, you know, very popular person. I thought, man... This guy, he's really got it together. And man, if I could just do some things like he does, I, I would just be, I'd be special. God could really use me then, right? And this guy ends up having an affair on his wife. 
loses his family. Now he's remarried and flaunting it in the media. And I'm thinking, why did I ever think that guy was great? Why did I ever think that guy was cool? I don't want to be like him. I'm glad I don't have his talent if that's what it would have done to me. So we've got to be very careful that we don't idolize and worship people and not focus on Jesus Christ. Knowing that Jesus is greater should affect everything in our life. So this is what this is the fourth one I want to say. If we know that everything was made to exalt Jesus, it should affect the way that we view it. Well, what's that for? Well, it's really everything was made to exalt Jesus. So now when you look at nature, now when you look at art, and now when we look at each other, you got to realize, man, this is special. God made it for His glory. He allowed it to be for His glory. You're here, Maddox, and you're special. I'm not saying that in a bad way. You're special. You were created to bring glory to Jesus. Your life. And some days you may feel, man, I'm just an insignificant dude. I don't have much to give. And blah, blah, blah. You know what? That's the devil. Because the truth of the matter is, you were made just like everyone else in here to bring God glory. Your sole purpose in life is to bring God glory. If you don't bring God glory, you won't. It doesn't matter what you achieve. Nothing else is going to matter. So the most important thing that you can do is realize everything was made by Him. Everything was made for Him. And everything was made to bring Him glory. If we know that that's the case, then guess what? We look at things a different way. We don't look at things as just what we can get out of them or what's important to us. If Jesus Christ is greater, that puts Him in first priority in everything in our life. So, relationships... We start saying, you know, I wonder if this would bring God glory. I wonder if me talking to this person would bring God glory. I wonder if me texting these things to this person, I wonder if that would bring Him glory. I wonder if me communicating with this person, and I don't know, maybe it wouldn't. Well, guess what? If you don't think it would, you need to get out of there quickly. If you've got things in your life that you're weighing, decisions that you're weighing, you need to say, is this going to bring God glory? Is it going to bring me closer to Him? Or does this have the potential to push me away from Him? That's what Paul was trying to tell this young church. Don't let anything push you away from Jesus. Don't let anything knock Him out of first place in your life. He's greater than everything. Keep Him at that position. The last thing here is the divinity of Jesus. We see this in this text. That He's not just merely a human being. He is our eternal Creator. He is God. This is a powerful concept. Uh, He is God manifest in the flesh. Now, a lot of times people get this confused. And they're like, I don't understand how Jesus can be God. And God can be God. And the Holy Ghost can be God. I don't understand. Let me just make it as simple as I can for you. There's one God. He's a spirit. He fills all time and space. Even really to apply male pronouns to Him is not even very accurate. We just do it because it's our, it's our way. But God is spirit. He fills all time and space. He was manifest to us as the Father in creation. He created all things. The, the Scripture plainly says that He became the Son. He became the Son of God. He became the Son of Man. Why? 
for our redemption so that He could bring us back to Himself. Why? Because we sinned. Because we're sinners. And we need a Savior. And the only way we can have a Savior is if He became one of us. You've heard the story, I'm sure, but you know, I've, I've said it. you probably heard Brother Dummett say it. Others say it. If you owned an ant farm and there was a crisis in your ant farm, how would you communicate with your ants? You could tap on the glass. You could like make faces at them. You could even put a sticky note up there and see if they would read it. But most likely, none of that would get through. The best way that you could communicate if anything was possible for you and you were God, the best thing you could do is become an ant. And walk among the ants and explain to them, hey, there's a better life. That's how you would do it. That's exactly what Jesus did. Amen. God became a man. In the man Christ Jesus, we have the example of how to live. He became one of us. And so, He is the Father in creation of all things. God reveals Himself as the Son in redemption and reconciliation, bringing us back through the cross to Him. And then He is the Holy Spirit. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. And He didn't say, I'm going to send you another. He said, I'm going to, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And then He says, I'm sending the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Ghost. What is the Holy Ghost? What is the Spirit? It is the Spirit of Jesus. Amen. And so the Spirit of Almighty God that fills all time and space, that filled Jesus Christ as a man, can now live inside of you. And that's what we say. It does a work of sanctification. What is sanctification? It's an old time theological word. It basically means He helps us become more like Jesus every day. The Holy Ghost helps me be more like Jesus. I can't do it by myself. But the Holy Ghost helps me be more like Jesus every day. And I want to... I want to wrap up and I want to share this. I, I kind of hesitate. I may show this to you later, but I came across this video a long time ago called My King. That's My King by SM, it's Dr. S.M. Lockridge. Uh, he was a preacher, a very, uh, very, very wordsmith of a preacher. Uh, he could say things like, I, I've never heard anybody be able to explain before. But he, he does this this uh, message, it was kind of a message prayer called My King. And in the video, it, it kind of clips a lot of stuff out and you miss some of the stuff that he says. So what I want to do is I want to read part of his message to you because I want this kind of helps break down what we're saying. He's talking about My King. He's talking about Jesus Christ. And he said, My King was born King. The Bible says He's a seven-way King. He's the king of the Jews. That's a racial king. He's the king of Israel. That's a national king. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And He's the Lord of lords. And He says, now that's my king. Do you know Him? And He said, don't try to mislead me. Do you know my king? David said, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth His handiwork. He said, my king is the only one uh, whom there are no means of measure that can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supplies. No barriers can hinder him from pouring out his blessings. He's enduringly strong. 
He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. That's my King. He said He's God's Son. He's the sinner's Savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands alone in Himself. He's august. He's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's supreme. He's preeminent. Brother Miguel's like, no. Well, he's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem in higher criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. That's my king. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good that you choose to call Him. Well, He's the only one able to supply all of our needs simultaneously. Think about that. Just just that line right there. He can supply all of our needs simultaneously. Oh, you have a need and you have a need. Boom, done. Oh, my word. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and He saves. He's strong, he's strong God and He guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent and He beautifies the meek. Do you know Him? Well, my King is a King of knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. He's the master of the mighty. He's the captain of the conquerors. He's the head of the heroes. He's the leader of the legislators. He's the overseer of the overcomers. He's the governor of governors. He's the prince of princes. He's the king of kings. And He's the Lord of lords. Yeah, that's my king. His office is manifold. His promise is sure. His light is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and His burden is light. It says, well, I wish I could describe Him to you, but He's indescribable. He's indescribable. Yeah, He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. I'm trying to tell you the heavens of heaven cannot contain Him. Let alone a man explain Him. You can't get Him out of your mind and you can't get Him off your hands. You can't outlive Him and you can't live without Him. He said, well, the Pharisees couldn't stand Him, but they found out they couldn't stop Him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in Him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill Him. Death couldn't handle Him and the couldn't hold him. That's my king. Amen. And this is the last part which it leaves out, but I really love. It says, He has always been and He will always be. I'm talking about He had no predecessor and He will have no successor. There was nobody before Him and there will be nobody after Him. You can't impeach Him and He's not going to resign. That's my king. Amen. 
Thine. He says, Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Well, all the power belongs to my King. We're around here talking about black power and white power and green power, but it's God's power. Thine is the power, yea, and the glory. We try to get the prestige and honor and glory for ourselves, but all the glory is His. Yes, Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. That's my King. Amen. That's my thing. Amen. That's who I serve. That's what Paul was trying to get across to the church at Colossae. He said, you've got to get this. Don't ever take Jesus out of number one place in your life. Don't ever think there's ever anything greater than Him or what He can do for you. So I ask you today in closing, how will you apply this knowledge to your life? How will this week be different than it was for you last week? If Jesus is greater, then He's in control. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell him one of my favorite two-word sayings. Quit stressing. Quit stressing. If He's in control, then I'm going to spend my time talking to Him. You ever seen somebody walk into the church? What's one of the first things? Who's the pastor here? They want to know who's in charge. If you got a problem or you got an issue, you're at a restaurant, you don't say, let me talk to the busboy. No, you want to talk to the manager. I want to talk to the manager, the regional manager. I want to talk to the owner of this place. Right? Why? Because they're in control. What they say goes. I'm talking about the manager of the universe. <laughs> Amen. I'm talking about God Almighty who's in control of everything. When you have an issue and you have a problem, why not talk to Him? We're talking to the bus people. Well. Amen. Why not say, God, you know, I got some issues in my life. Instead of going to Facebook and telling Facebook about it, Facebook, whatever you want to call it, instead of calling 50 friends, why don't you talk to Jesus about it? Spend time talking to Him. Spend time in His presence because there is no better way to, for you to move forward than for you to put Him back in number one. God, You're number one in my life. If Jesus is greater, then I will walk by faith. I mean, if He's really in control, i got to trust that. If He's really going to take care of me, i got to have faith in that. Not live in fear, knowing there's nothing too hard for Him. We used to sing an old song that said, I've got confidence God is going to see me through. No matter what the days may bring. Amen. No matter what, what situations come my way. No matter, amen, what life throws at me. I've got confidence. I'm going to walk by faith. God's going to see me through. If Jesus is greater, then I'll go to His Word for direction. I'll go to His Word for peace. If He's, if he's not greater, then I'm going to consult Dr. Phil. See what Oprah has to say. I'm going to Google it. But if He's greater, man, I'm going to spend time in His Word. Something's going to be different. It's going to be different this week because I'm going to spend more time in His Word. And if Jesus is greater, then I'm going to surrender my whole life to Him. Right here, right now. I'm going to repent and I'm going to turn to God. I'm going to surrender everything. If He's greater, that changes everything. But if He's not, eh, we'll settle for Toby Mac. 
If he's not, we'll, we'll settle for the next great worship leader, the next hot band, the next incredible experience. But he is greater. So Paul said, don't exchange the truth of God for a lie. Don't, don't give up on this. Jesus is greater. Would you stand with me today? No matter what you face, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what questions you have, Jesus is greater. Amen. What do we do? Well, if you haven't yet, you need to repent. You need to confess your sin. You need to express your sorrow. You need to surrender everything to God. Ask Him to forgive you and turn from that sin. Believe Him. Trust in Him. Have faith in Him. But I can't see this. I, can't, I don't understand how He's going to do it. You've got to have faith. That's where faith comes in. Repentance and faith, those are the only two requirements that are required for you to get the Holy Ghost. And once you have the Holy Ghost, He's going to help you rise above sin. Once you've fully repented, you begin to praise God with your mouth. With joy and expectancy, you believe that God is taking care of whatever it is that you've turned over to Him. So with this altar open right now, I want to just encourage you. Come up to this altar. Pray where you're at. But let's find some time and let's talk to God. Amen. Let's, let's turn it over to Him and say, God, You are number one. You are in control of everything.